So last week we, we majored on a scripture in Acts 9.31 that says, And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the church was multiplied. This, this maturing, this growth, this multiplication that comes from the reality of the fear of God, not being terrified and afraid of Him, but actually seeing Him as He truly is and His realm and His domain becoming more real, eclipsing this one. And how that the fear of the Lord is not separate from the comfort of the Holy Spirit. The goodness of God, the kindness of God, the love of God, all in the fear of the Lord. And, and um, we, we actually told the story, the historic story. Today's going to be another kind of history lesson or, or, or the beginning of a history lesson for the church. I think it's important for us to know. But what it really is, is, is last week was the, the history of a man named Saul. We called him Saul bin Laden or somebody did. Basically, yeah. A terrorist, in a sense, that had such a drastic repentance, change of mind, from being on one direction, literally, in the direction to persecute Christians, to being swung into the other direction, (laughs) you know what I mean, which is to be actually a Christian and actually reverse speaking in the Jewish synagogues about Jesus and about the new covenant. And and as we said, this guy, Saul, ends up having a name change at some point, becoming Paul and, and literally writing so much of our New Testament from Romans. And after, after Acts, you know, it just takes off with a lot of his writings. Um, today, I want to I continue right there because I, it's hard for me not to. In that, Acts 9.31, verse 32, it starts um, the beginning of a story, which I would call like, the new day of Christianity. Like, it's almost like a revelation that explodes over the entire world, over the entire planet, over all of our galaxy and probably the other galaxies that, that exist. Um, the reality of what Jesus fully had done started to set into his people. But there was a couple stories that lead into that story that I'm going to try to take a little bit of time today. And I'm going to take my time because I was going to try to just cram them all in. But I'm going to try to do it thoroughly because even many of you that have, maybe you've heard these stories before that are here or maybe even that listen to these. But when you see how profound the simplicity and, and brilliant that the stories are, it unlocks stuff within our heart and mind concerning the new covenant walk that we're called to walk in. Because these people were all just, they laced up their shoes or their sandals or mandals or whatever just the way we do. They were regular people that stepped into a relationship with God whose spirit and they were figuring it out as they go which we'll see that in the next week or two Um, but the very next verse after it says that you know Saul's converted to Paul you know to 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 a Christian and 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 walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit they were multiplied it says now it came to pass as Peter went through all parts of the country he traveled here and there to and fro that he came down to the saints who dwelt in Lydda. There he found a certain man named Aeneas who had been bedridden for eight years and was paralyzed. And Peter said to Aeneas, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. And he arose immediately. So all who dwelt in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Now this, these four verses, they seem simple, but this is a dawning of an explosion that rocked the whole world. 
it led Peter into something that he was going to get in, in intelligence, in, in communication from heaven that was going to change the face of the game forever. And, and, it would, and it would affect all of us. It would change everything. Um, concerning something Jesus had done that he did not realize. I think even the disciples, especially in this instance or in this point of their lives, they had no clue the far-reaching effect of Jesus' sacrifice. What it really, what it really had done, you know, and they had experienced these awesome things. They had experienced, you know, Acts two when when Jesus had had told them before, the Holy Spirit's going to upon you. He's going to empower you. You're going to be my messengers. You're going to reprove the world of sin. You're going to change their mind from unbelieving to believing. Right, John sixteen. You're going to. You're going to reprove the world of judgment, and you're going to prove that the ruler of this world is judged. You're going to have the power to actually to change people's minds by the power of God that's going to be inside of you. That everything that the ruler of this world, Satan himself, that he brought in through the fall, you're going to have this ability to reverse his judgments on people, which are sickness and death and darkness. And it's just like, whoa, like, sign me up, right? But I, they still didn't understand even coming into the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, you know, when, when the Holy Spirit came upon those guys in the upper room and everybody heard these other languages and people understood the other languages and, 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 and the 12 tribes, so to speak, Israel from all over the place is actually being brought back together. They didn't understand how far-reaching that it was not the Jewish religion that they had just stepped into. It was something way bigger, way bigger, man, um, that will touch the ends of the earth and even further than that. Um, but this one sentence that Peter says is so brilliant and also can be controversial. Um, but he steps into this city called, called Lydda and he meets somehow, they don't really go into much of the story in this one, but this dude named Aeneas, he just steps up to this man who's bedridden. So obviously got into his room somehow. You know, he was led into. I made it sound like he climbed up and creeped in his room at night or something. You know, obviously he got around the guy. Um, and his statement, "Jesus the Christ heals you" or like makes you whole. And this statement, man, and that's why we might park on a little bit, but it's such a profound statement of what Christianity actually really is and truly is about. You know, there's you know the things Jesus said in like Luke 24, like. To go to preach to to the ends of the world, like that, through the repentance and the remission of sins, because of what Jesus had done. Like this repentance, this ability to change minds and turn away from this other other way of believing, this other life you're living, but also that the remission of the sins. Like that that word there literally means that everything that came in through the fall, the the penalty of sin itself would be actually reversed. So it wouldn't just be like you're free, now just let your body just rot and struggle for the rest of your life and when you go to heaven you'll get a new one so it'll be fine. You know, It was something different than this. And so Peter's actually stepping into this guy's room and saying a very bold statement. And is he talk, here's the question, is he talking to the guy? This is what's happening to you right now. Like you're in, you're in this current phase, Jesus the Christ is who heals you. Yes, that's true. But he's actually talking about Christianity, which didn't have a name. They called it the way. You know what I mean? They called it, you know, people, it was just Judaism with the Messiah's here. And, and we've just, we just believed our, 
Judaism. You know, it's like there was no, there was no, there was no context. There was no, there was no title. It, but, but what it was was like there's something new, and in this religion, it's this is the religion of Jesus Christ who makes you whole. Like there's complete and total recovery in this religion. And so he comes into his room, into his space, where he's in bed for eight years. And so if you want to do Bible, you know, symbolism and stuff, we know eight is the, I mean, even for us, like it's the, the eighth day is the first day of the new week, right? You know what I mean? Seven days in a week. So it's the, the day of new beginnings. It's the eight souls that were saved in, in, in ark. Like when, when earth was kind of reset and, and mankind kind of started over again in the ark, the, the eight, like that's that number. And the Jews would have known this, but this is the beginning, a new beginning of something set into motion that was so explosive and it came we've talked about the law first mentioned in here right for you guys that have listened to that thing but the way he describes this those words i feel like they echo through eternity jesus the christ makes you whole jesus the the messiah makes you whole there's no victims in this life the walk of the supernatural power of god and the new covenant is complete and total empowerment it's empowerment that's what our religion is about it's not waiting, and we're not victims. Oh, Jesus, I wish you would just come back. This world's getting so dark. It's like, no, 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 no. The kingdom in heaven of heaven is called to come in and through us here on the earth in the here and now. And it's beautiful because he says, Jesus, the Christ, he just makes this blanket statement. He's saying it to Aeneas, but he's making this blanket statement for all of us. This is what Christianity is, and any, any form of theology that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of this is false. We take it captive and we submit it to the cross because we know what Jesus has accomplished. That's Second Corinthians ten five. What's what I'm talking about, man? And so when he's when he's when he's saying this to this guy, he also follows it up. Jesus Christ makes you well. He heals you. He makes you whole. Arise and make up your bed. <laughs> you know what I mean? He comes straight with like instructions, and it's like it's almost like instructions that seem like they don't work or they don't make sense or like. You, you not see what's going on here, but the, there's something so interesting that sticks out to me about that. The power of God, the manifestation of the new covenant comes with the destruction of instructions to follow the voice of God because it wasn't Peter's voice because Peter didn't say, I make you well. I'm the boss of this new Christian thing. Get up. He's like, Jesus, Jesus, the Christ. And the guy could have been like, where is he? What is he? He's like, that's what you're about to learn. He's on the inside of me, and that's why I'm here. I'm not here on my own accord. See, this is, we've been, if you, if you can think back to these messages these past several weeks and months, but it's like we're talking about that Jordan River baptism. The, the, we're talking about Jesus' Jordan River baptism, the ghost, the, the dove-like bird creature thing coming down on top of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Him becoming, speaking in the, in the third person. The Son of Man must. The Son of Man must. It's like, hey, why are you talking like somebody else is on the inside of you? Well, he did that because it was for us to see. There was somebody else on the inside of him. In a sense, the Son of Man. And that's how we're to live. Not walking around saying things in the third person to people and making them strange. We'd be like the rock. Can you smell what the rock's cooking? <laughs> you, know, you know, we're not going to do that. But there's, this, there's, these, there's these Easter eggs for us to understand. Like, once we have the Holy Spirit, we're never alone. Amen. Yeah, that's the new covenant. Christ within us is the hope of glory. Yes. Yeah, that's Jesus within us. He said, I won't leave you orphans. I will come to you, right? That's the Father. It's all the above. But it's God in us enacting these things. And so Peter's making a point like, this isn't me, but Christ is the one that's doing this. Here's a vessel standing in somebody's room on their sickbed saying, 
a couple of things, two different points there. I was going to drive those together, but one of them is like, this is what Christianity is. It's, it's becoming whole. Yeah. Christianity is called, it, for us, it's, it's becoming completely and totally whole from all of the things that have structured and, and morphed our identity into something that it never was supposed to be. Amen. That's not love. That's not, we can be vulnerable and transparent because there's nothing to hide or to protect because we're whole. You know, there's only something to give. That's Jesus Christ makes you whole. But it's also like, yeah, I know you can't see him right now, but he's the one doing this. And also these are his instructions. He's speaking the instructions of God to him. And I love that. Because, you know, know, Peter was basically the leader. He was one of the top three, and he was basically a leader to the disciples. But there's so many things. I mean, even if you back up into Acts 9, when Jesus enveloped Saul into heaven, Boom. He got raptured for a moment, right? He's in heaven. The light shined around him, but his buddies couldn't see it. They could just hear the voice. Saul, why are you persecuting me? Afterwards, he said, now rise and, and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. And then three days later, I think that's what we did last week. You know what I'm saying? You know, Ananias comes and actually brother Saul lays hands on him. But it's like, it's like his, his eyes weren't healed. It's like, why don't you just heal my eyes right now? You know what I'm saying? But there was something of the instruction to follow Jesus that unlocked, there was follow through, yeah, that unlocked his purpose. It's the same, like, think about the guy when Jesus, you know, when he spit all that mud in his, on his, on his on, made them little eyeballs out of that mud, clay mud, and just put it on that dude's eyes. Remember that? You know what I mean? It's just like, that's kind of wild, but what did he tell them? He told the guy, go wash your face in the pool of Siloam. And he went, even though he was blind, and now he's in a worse condition, but when he came back, the eyeballs were working. You know? John 9, 7. I love Luke 17. That's probably one of my favorite ones for some reason. It's just, it was the, the lepers that actually showed up, a group of them shouting at him, like, hey, help us out. And Jesus shouts back to him, And he just says, go show yourselves to the priests. Like that. And this is like, you going to lay hands on us or do anything? You want us to dip in any water? Like, what, what's the... He says, go show yourselves to the priests in Luke 17, right? It says, as they went, the leprosy went from their body. So they were like going back to show themselves to the priests and be like, yo, I'm clean. You know, so they could come back and assimilate into society. It's beautiful. And one out of ten came back and thanked them. But that's another message, to, you know, for another time. But you know what I'm saying? It's, it was interesting. It's like his instructions to these lepers were like, it wasn't like, you know, come here, let me spit on that leprosy or, you know what I mean? Like, let me make some clay body parts for you. You know what I mean? It was, it was never the same, but there was instructions that came for them to walk out. And when they did, they followed his voice, key phrase. They were made whole because Jesus is the Messiah. He makes you whole. Um, Peter, Luke 5 and, and, and John it happened with the disciples in, in Luke 5 with Peter, and then it happened with all of them in John 21. Cast your net on the other side of the boat. We've been fishing all night. Just do it. You know, Peter and the other one, cast it out now. We've been fishing all night. Just do it. What happens? The nets are about to break because they cast so much in. It just makes no sense, but what was it? It was like, these are the results I'm getting. We'll do this. Well, that's what I've been doing. We'll do, do according to my, what I say. Follow my instructions. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh my gosh, dude. Wow. I love John 5, 8. You guys heard me touch. I've been teaching that for like 10 years. That's one of my favorite. I I say all my favorite, I guess. But that guy, when he walked up at the pool, 
of Bethesda. They thought it was a healing pool, angel water pool, whatever. And he tells them, get up and take up your mat on the Sabbath, by the way, and walk. You know what I mean? He gives this dude instructions. He doesn't kick him in the legs. Be healed legs. Doesn't smack his legs, lay his hand on his legs. Do a dance around his legs. Could he do any of those things? He certainly, certainly could. He says, hey, get up and do... It's like there was empowerment. In, every, in everything that he did, there was empowerment. It's like, don't, don't tell me what you can't do. I'm going to give you something to do. Go show yourselves to the priest. Like, we can't even go to the society. We can't... Victim, victim, victim. Just do what I say instead. Get a hold of my voice and follow it and see what happens to you. I can just be done today. We can be done. You don't need me. I don't, you know, all we need is Him. All we need is to have a journal that we write, that we read the Bible. Well, it needs to be taught accurately. But at the same time, but we, it needs to be taught accurately. We need to read it accurately without a, a grid or filter over our mind. But we need to communicate with Him and fellowship with Him and get His actual DNA within ourselves, His essence, and walk like Him. Because the, the walk is rehabilitative. It's, func- it's our true functional walk. You know what I mean? The, the communication is a strategic direction. God's communication in our life. Exodus 16, 16. We say this a lot. When, when, when they came out of Egypt, right? God tells Moses something kind of strange. He says, I'm going to do this to test them. I'm going to make it rain bread every single day. And they've got to get up and get their daily bread. Where we get that saying in the Lord's Prayer. It's like they have to get their bread every day. Every, you know, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This is... This is talking about the words that come from his mouth continually not on sunday but all the time and it's just like in learning to for that to be our discipline to that to be our sustenance you know i remember getting i got i got to go on a trip to a college um in 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 south florida and i got to stay i just i was an athlete so i got to stay with the captain of the team the basketball team there and but i remember one of the things he told me and just triggered this in my mind um, he's like, you know, it's one thing, you know, he's a senior and I was a worldly kid, you know what I mean? So he's like, one thing I love about, you know, now I'm a Christian, you know, like that's the most important thing in my life. I, I, have, I spend my quiet time with God every single day. And just that word quiet time was instantly just like cringe to me. Like, oh gosh, I can't, I don't want to wake up the time I wake up, let alone I want to wake up an hour early and read the Bible of all things, dude. And pray a list, you know what I mean? Like, your life is lame, and I don't want to live like that. That's my, that's my thoughts, okay, towards that. And so, maybe I just say that because a lot of times when I talk about spending time with the Lord, I remember how that used to come across to me. And I'd be like, oh, gosh, I don't want to do that. That is not enjoyable. But I am talking about, and I'm not talking about taking an hour every day. You probably will want to once you start to really connect to Him, you know. Um, but I'm talking about the true reality of the mystic connection to the God of the universe that speaks to you in ways that seem like parabolic sometimes, but they are in themselves unlocking your mind from the limits of time and space and broadening your understanding to be able to see through things and brings you to life with purpose and destiny and causes you to see not only yourself, but also yourself, which is a big deal as not rotten, you know, and not constantly in trouble, but as empowered to actually release life in the family business on the earth and you see it bear fruit in your life. So that's what I'm saying, okay? Um, 
that might have hit one person that felt like I did 20 years ago, but that's how I felt. And so, you know, what you going to do? Cover the base. But um, the major key point I'm saying, just with like Ineas, like get up and make your bed. And it, with all these other people that Jesus talked to, get up and take up your mat, cast your, thing, your nets on the other side, you know, go show yourself, go show yourself to the priest, go wash in the pool of Siloam, the, the mud that I wiped in your face. Um, Rise, Saul, go into the city, and I'll tell you what you must do. It's like, why don't you just tell me right now? Well, since you're right here, man, you just struck me blind. It's like, yeah, yeah, well, that's not how this is going to work today. You know, it's just like, why? You know what I'm saying? But he's creating disciples. And one major point that I wanted to hit, and this came to me while I was running this morning, actually, but sometimes his direction seems completely unconventional, or it doesn't even feel like he's fixing the problem that we're wanting to fix. It doesn't even feel like he's addressing the problem, let alone fixing it. But in reality, he's going after a root. The problem is that mankind listened to the serpent and followed his instruction over God's in the first place. That's where we got off track. Eat this and then you'll be like God. You'll know good from evil. We listened to him. But he's actually bringing us back into the alignment of following his voice which his words are truth in life. It's like the life that people are seeking, we get, this, we get this mentality of wanting our needs met in the Christian game. And so I was like, well, I'll go to the charismatic side of the tracks for a little while because at least they believe in healing now that I actually desperately need it or need to hear God's voice. I'll go to that side of the track. You know what I mean? Like we're, we can be in, in Adam or in our old nature like really needy for like, make my problems go away. And there is that, but the reality is Jesus Christ makes you whole. In other words, He does. He completely heals you, makes you restored, causes you to be a whole person in your mind, not tormented by things and insecurity and, and, and dealing with the pains and the hurts of the relationships of the past or all those things that come up. Like He has the path to make you whole. That's, that's what Christianity truly is. You know? It is that. However, He, he addresses the root. He goes straight he addresses the root, learn to follow me, know me. Okay, this is going to be hard. But there's um, a lot of people, I used to train a lot too, and a lot of people, especially with like Olympic lifting, say squatting, which is a, a component of Olympic, Olympic weightlifting, which is a natural functional ability all human beings have. And when you lose it, you go to the nursing home because you can't squat anymore. So you have to have walkers, you have to have th- rails, special rails. That's what nursing homes are really for. People that lose their functional mobility, a lot of them. Um, but a lot of people, when they start loading themselves with weight, trying to get stronger, that's the best way to get stronger is doing squats, right? Um, through your whole body. And, but when they start to do that, they start to have issues. And so you'll hear, I've trained hundreds of people in my, in my life, but you'll hear like, well, I, have, I can't squat, I have bad knees. Or my dad had bad knees, I have bad knees, can't squat, da, da, you know. You always hear that, and it's never real. It's never accurate. And it's just like, we want God, Dr. God, fix my knee, because now I can't squat and do what I want to do. I'm not, I'm not in, my, in my right function. But it's like, we've been walking in shoes, right, our whole life with elevated heels, Air Maxes, since we were little kids. Even the kids, our, our kids wear a lot of times. You know, the heel is four millimeters higher than the, than the toes of the foot. So everybody's foot has evolved now come on i'm not saying like that but you know what i mean we've 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 changed the functional makeup of our bodies to that our achilles and our ankle is is 
four to six millimeters shorter than it ever was because we put our heels up so we can be taller or we can look cooler, you know, so we can have air bubbles on our shoes, you know, whatever it is, because we thought it took the impact out. Dr. Scholes takes the, you know what I mean? We, we think these ways when our feet were meant to be flat. And so then people start to do these weights or these running, right, RJ, or, or weights or squatting or all these different things. And then they start to have pain where parts of their body are compensating for the shortness of their ankle. And so like, man, my knee's really hurting, doctor. And it's like, well, I knew it's, a, it's an MCL or ACL, what's going on? I was like, you know, you just have some pain. It's, it's, it's from your hip. Oh, it's from my hip. Heal my knee. Okay, well, heal my hip. I was like, well, that's your IT band. Like your knee is tracking in a little bit. It's making up for some slack and it's straining the hip, the, the IT band in your hip and it's pulling on your knee and it's hurting really bad. Well, I just want it fixed. Okay, well, heal my hip. I was like, well, that's not a problem either. Well, what's the problem? We need to stretch your ankles out. We need to tie a rubber band around your ankle, anchor it to a bar, and stretch it out. Once, you know, once a day for two, three weeks, and your knee pain will start going away. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I want to be fixed here and now. But the wisdom of God is like, hey, I'll go straight to addressing the problem where there's a shortness. It's not even an injury. We just need to stretch your foot out to where, to where you're, you're grounded, like your body's functionally the way it was. Like, you were, I made you to be able to do this under load or not you know what I mean and so many times the problem it's not like well there's pain happening here there's pain happening there it's just like the, the advice of God or the counsel is like well just follow my voice and it's just like no I want you to do I, I want to control you <laughs> God I want you to fix me or else this isn't real and I'm walking away from this part of life this, this part of Christianity is not even real I tried I tried it didn't work I'm out you know what I'm saying but the reality is Jesus never answered that type of like kind of like bratty, rebellious attitude. You know, you know what I mean? He just said, follow me. He said, just go show yourself to the priest. Like, no, you don't understand. I need a doctor, not a priest. This is leprosy. You don't understand. I'm a professional fisherman. You don't understand. That's not the problem that I have. It's not where I'm throwing the thing. It's that the fish aren't, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you don't understand. I don't have anybody to pick me up. John 5 and put me into that water when the angel stirs it. It's like, yeah, yeah. But Jesus, the Christ, actually heals you, but it comes from this relational connection with Him where we're actually... That, was that a bad analogy, the ankle thing? It's just what I know. That's what I know. That's my background. All right. Um, but it's like, you know what I mean? It's like sometimes the problem's not the problem. Or the second part of the problem. It's actually something so, so insignificant that can be fixed by just walking naturally. And Jesus is like, hey, just walk naturally with me. Just walk naturally with me. That's what Adam used to do. He used to walk in the cool of the spirit of the day with me in this heavenly garden on the earth, becoming one with me to manifest me and subdue the darkness in the world. And the new creation has it way better than that because he's always here. Right? So our theology is that God is good all the time. Like it, that's, never, that's never not the case. And that Jesus Christ makes you whole. I don't know the order that he makes you whole. If he heals the knee first or the hip first or the ankle first. But it comes through walking with him. And every person that I know that is serious in their walk is growing in the fruit of the spirit, in the life and light of God, in the peace of God. You know what I mean? And everybody who walks with him in a real way makes disciples. 
And that's another thing. We, th- we hear like make disciples. That's instantly. That's kind of cringy. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, don't, I don't mean it in this way. Like we've got to have, if I walk with you, you're going to have a Bible study at my house every Tuesday night. You know, whatever. Something like that. It's like, it's like they, they, their life is inspiring to those whom they associate with on a regular basis. And, they're, and people are like, I, I, I want that, what you have. And like Peter, it's like, it's Jesus. Jesus the Christ heals you. This isn't me. I know you can't see him, but he's on the inside of me. And that's what this religion's actually about. And I'm here because he brought me here. And this is the instruction. Get up and walk this thing out. You dig? It's, it's, so, it's so beautiful to me. It's so beautiful to me. Let me see where I'm at. Oh. Yeah, I'm pretty close to where I wanted to be today. Um, Maybe 10 at the most. So all all who dwelt in in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Everybody everybody that saw Aeneas, who had been veteran for eight, eight years, was so shocked to see him that it caused everybody to start to walk in this way. You know, and can you imagine our wholeness spilling over into our community like that? Like, yo, you're different. Your attitude's different. Your your vibe is different. Like, you're doing well. Your relationships are good. Like, you're happy. Let alone business and all those other things. The kingdom it floods every aspect of our life. And what was his what was his message? Peter, you got to get around Peter. No. You know what I mean? It was, it was this, this is what this is. Jesus the Christ made me whole. He sent somebody to me. You know what I mean? And in that, like that's, this is what the result is. I'm walking this way now. Let's see. It's not like me. I want to... Here's what it is, man, to be honest. I want to set up Joppa, which is the next city he goes to, because Lida and Sharon, like these two cities where Peter was, because of what happened, the news went into Joppa, and, and, and that, honestly, is why all of us are here. Right? But it's a brilliant story. And so I want to I I scale this one. I want to wait and do that, do that as it is. But for, for my point today, you know, man, this is like when the Methodist church or something, I'm 30 minutes and out. This is kind of nice, you know, but I'm like, a, I'm like an Episcopal guy, you know, without the robe, without the fancy robe, which I would wear one of those. Believe that. If that was, if Jesus said wear it, I'd be like, finally, sweet. Um, but I don't see that happening. Um, but um, the point in today's message is so profoundly simple. So I just want to be out of the way of it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, what, it's what Mary said in John 2 to those, to those waiters. You know what I mean? She said, just do whatever he says. Like Jesus, they ran out of water. He's like, woman, what, what has that got to do with me? Come on. She didn't take that as rejection. Sorry. Sorry, master, son, master. You know? She said, she took that. What does that have to do with me? And she said, took to them, to them servants and said, hey, 
just do whatever he says from here on out. <laughs> she took it as a green light. You know, it's so funny to me. But, um, but that's, what we're, that's where we're at as a body and as Christians. That's it. Just do what he says. Just write down whatever he says. What if I don't understand it? What if, it's par- what if he's parking on a, a certain verse or pattern? Like, then just park on it. Just park on it. You know what I mean? Create space. John said that. You know? Dreadlock John. John the Baptist. You know what I mean? He was the fulfillment of that word, but it was like, in the wilderness, make way. In the desert, make a highway. You know? It's like, you know, in the wilderness, make way. What's the wilderness? It's like it's a place where there's nothing. It's a desolate place. Where there's space, give God space. You know, if we create an empty room for Him, He'll fill it. An empty mouth, He'll fill it. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, if we create space by, even in our time, it doesn't have to be this hour-long thing, you know what I'm saying? I say take five. Start your discipline taking five minutes with the Lord where you actually just clear your mind and say, hey, I'm here. What's up? You know, what's going on? Maybe read the Bible a little bit. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe pray a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Start your discipline off. And will it grow from 5, 10, 15? Yeah, it probably will. It probably will. You know? But even incremental times in your day after lunch, I'm going to sit in my truck for these five minutes and just zone into you. You'll see, even in chapter 10, how incredibly important that is. It's not like, well, i got to wake up at 4, spend my 2 hours and 22 minutes for Galatians 2.22. So you know what I mean? It's like, we, we just got to jump into like this extreme, I'm going to run a marathon. It's like, whoa, run a mile first. It's like, hey, hey, connect and develop a relationship, but also give him space like, like Peter was doing. Like, create space. Imagine in our, in our relationships that we're around and the people that we're around we're, we're, we're communicating with our roommate our indwelling roommate you know a situation arises and you're like do you want me to go after, do you want me to do something here do you want me to say something here just checking imagine if we have that inner check with him all the time in our life we'd be like these guys that's that's how they lived that's how we live you know that's that's the message i think just do whatever he says, wherever he leads us into. Lord, I thank you for your truth and your reality and even the reality of this new covenant that you make us whole and that you heal and you restore even in our own lives and vessels and bodies and you desire to move like that through us and others, Lord. Let us, let us you, you're at the door knocking, Lord. Help us to be conscious of the nudges and knocks of your spirit communicating to us. Lord, I ask for that, for that drawing, the mystical inspiration that, of that drawing. We're inspired to connect with you and realize like this is any one word that you speak to us in, in, in the day has more weight to it than, than every car we sit in and drive to change the course of history. Help us to see even the small as great and fruitful. Amen. All right, guys. Well, we're going to leave it at that. It is 11.11. So let's look up that verse before we leave.
No. Um, 